1: Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
3: This is the Dan Levatore Show with the
4: Stugatz Podcast.
5: Stan Van Gundy texted me aggressively suggesting uh, I need to watch We Are the World, the documentary on Netflix. And as is my habit lately, I get about 20 minutes into things and then I just fall asleep. I have not been able to make it through much of anything in the last two months. Uh, So I don't know if it's any good or not. I imagine a certain generation would love it just because it's nostalgic, just because the idea of all of the world's famous singers in one place or many of the world's famous singers in one place for one night, it's almost impossible to even make their schedules match up. Have any of you seen We Are the World, the Netflix documentary? The
3: Greatest Night in Pop, I believe, is the name of it. And I finally got around to it yesterday because there's been a lot of positive word of mouth. I watched the NHL All-Star Game, and there's been wired for sound uh, clips circulating of Justin Bieber asking anybody who would listen, have you seen the We Are the World documentary? I've heard a lot about it, and I, I... it was positioned as great insight into the creative process I don't think uh, Tony from the look on your face you don't even
5: know what I'm talking about I have no I, so so what is this it's like okay, a, Greg Cody we explain are the world. explain we are the world uh, from your prism children. as someone who grew up on MTV it was a revolution to see music video come to life and this video come to life explain to Tony what we are the world is
1: it was a charity single. Uh, that included Michael Jackson and dozens of other luminaries in pop music. Like the biggest names in music at the time. it it was immensely successful. It was like a a number one song for weeks on end. And and decades later, it's still famous. If you say to anyone who's middle-aged or older, if you say, we are the world, just that phrase, the song comes right to mind. Everybody we, we had never it.
5: seen that kind of star power gathered in one place for uh, for one night of performance. So it's kind of like the all-star game back in the day
6: where everybody was like, oh,
5: these are all the all-stars, and then yes. now it's like, oh,
6: everybody already does that anyway, yes. so it really this, doesn't matter.
5: But this is the biggest collaboration there's been, I think, before or since. I don't well, think... Well, this- it,
3: it, it kind of... It followed Band-Aid, so there was already a set formula, and they tried to one-up it, and the question was asked, like, okay, you have all these white artists doing something for Africa. Why don't we have African-American americans doing something for africa so that was kind of the concept and then lionel richie quincy jones and michael jackson were approached to put it all together in first viewing uh, of the documentary i don't plan on seeing it again i didn't think i liked it but then the conversation pieces that come out afterwards i do find interesting for example if i can wear my producer hat logistically Super challenging to get all those people the night of the American Music Awards. Just the thought of someone scheduling it when you don't have to pay for budget and travel, just have all these people when they're already in town come after the award show. And
5: it's Springsteen and Cyndi Lauper and Stevie Stevie Wonder. Yeah, where do you
3: where where Bob Dylan? Where do people stand next to one another during this? Because that's something that you have to account for. Vocal ranges. I thought some of the best parts of the documentary were. Uh, Bob Dylan having a crisis of confidence because we he's not this crazy good vocalist and he's out there literally miming words because he realizes I'm going to be a distraction. What am I doing here? what uh, That's Daryl Hall. How am I going to keep within that range?
2: That is one of the best parts of the original video is watching and when they pan across everybody, you can see Bob Dylan just kind of like self-consciously I don't, I don't looking around I don't and he's there. known yeah. as one of the great artists ever but he knows like I don't belong in the company of, you know, Tina Turner singing over here and Diana Ross singing over there. It's it's kind of
7: special. Is is it just the repackaging of that video Jeremy's talking about? Because I've seen that YouTube video. It's like a 10-minute video. Where no, it's but just- it's
5: not repackaging. It's all Lionel Richie's home footage. He's an yeah. executive. It's access to a night unlike any in the history of pop music. It, it,
3: he has all this footage, all this raw footage from the day, the one day that they had this recording session. So it kind of expands on that. And they just stopped. There is an interesting documentary, really interesting documentary to be made there but they just stopped short of diving all the way in they have people touch on things for example the specter of prince hangs over this entire thing because they were trying desperately to get prince to be out there and they had negotiations why don't you just play a guitar solo he didn't want to there was this very real rivalry between michael and prince maybe more one-sided but they sort of tried to coax Prince into showing up because they knew that he was in love with Sheila E. So there's a moment of self-discovery without giving things away that Sheila E is like, oh, you guys are just using me. You're just keeping me here as long as possible in hopes that you can get Prince over here. There's more fascinating things to dive in there, but they just veer off into another direction. Sometimes the direction they veer off into is a drunk Al Yeah. <laughs> That
2: doesn't sound like a bad direction to me.
3: That was the best part of the documentary. How drunk was he? He just several bottles of wine deep because wow. he thought it was going to be a party. Wow. As a lot of people kind of came in on a party vibe, post-American music awards. But he just fumbles it every time. And this is the old school way of recording. Everyone goes down a line <laughs> and has to nail it. There's no auto tune to fix it. And he is
5: just a drunk mess compared to everybody else. The late Al Jarreau. I'd like to see that video. Uh, Jeremy has, incidentally, uh, Jeremy, because we have moved into the second part of the sports schedule here with uh, some second half of some basketball and Uh, and hockey and baseball's beginning, Jeremy has the top five things in the NBA to watch out for the rest of the season. I don't know. Did you guys get all of your uh, exhibition game takes out there? I know there was some Jalen Brown video that we wanted to play at some point of him flying around. Isn't there some video out there that you guys can get me that I can play shortly as we go to Jeremy's top five things to watch out for in the NBA? Any OLIs here, Jeremy? Yeah, there is.
2: There's one OLI um, Um, And this, oh God, this video of Jalen Brown is spectacular. Just flailing through the air as he tries to jump over a five foot tall person sitting in a chair. Just like that person that's sitting in the chair is five feet tall. This video is going to come back to haunt Jalen Brown if the Celtics don't do what they're supposed to. But the OLI, uh, the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. They're spectacular. Nobody really seems to be paying attention to the well, fact that okay, all those superstars are amazing.
5: Okay, yeah, they are, but tell me what happened the other night where I'm watching the Timberwolves beat them in Los Angeles by 20 and saying to them, you guys are sorry, you guys are old. Well, that leads to my number five, Dan. They're really good, wow. too. Number
2: An- five. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns playing off each other might be the best duo in basketball. I
5: thought it was Jokic and Murray, but the, the these two, two, two of together, them, yeah. Well,
2: what right. it is is their, their ability at... A pretty young age for this duo, right? Edwards has only been there a couple of years. Cat sort of letting go of the ego and accepting that he's the number two offensive option and just taking over when Anthony Edwards Mike, says why are you, you can laughing? have the ball. Why it's you, been great on, so far. Hold
5: on. You think that Carl Anthony Towns is going to go to the second half of the season after scoring 50 in the All-Star game? He just game? shot 35 <laughs> times in an All-Star game. <laughs> in an All-Star
2: game because he's not doing it in the regular season. Look, this might <laughs> yeah. this might not work in the playoffs
7: yeah, and that's
5: a
2: huge part I of it. Kind of need to see it. Right. Raymond
7: Draymond just... Green make fun of him in the game being like, oh, look, another game where he has 40 points and right. they lost. Right. I'm just talking
2: about the regular season basketball that you're all about to watch. They've been spectacular. That's why they're the number one.
3: Help me Taylor the- Rooks is there and all of a sudden Draymond has a routine.
5: Help me with the box score, please. Did Carl uh, did Anthony Towns shoot twice as many shots as any two other players combined in that basketball game? Because I think you can say the all-star game was just a disaster because it showcased Carl Anthony Towns that way. Number four. Number four. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Probably going to win the MVP. The metrics say he's the best player in basketball.
2: He's been spectacular, and the Thunder are really, really good. Again, I don't know come postseason whether the Timberwolves or the Thunder will be able to make the noise that they've made in the regular season, but this MVP race is wide open, and he's at the top I'm of it right now. I'm super
5: curious about whether or not the way that the scoring has amped up into a place uh, that... Is crazed. Whether it will alter things that we're used to seeing in that sport, which is Minnesota and OKC can't advance. They haven't suffered enough in the playoffs to advance. Like the history of that sport is, those two teams never actually make it to the final. And I'm I'm curious whether this year it'll be different, just because you can make forty three. Yeah, it, I, might,
2: it might be.
3: I, I saw a take online that everyone on the Western Conference is a Hall of Famer. Every single person that dress out for for the Western Conference uh, all-star team, you could say is a Hall of Famer. Even Shane Gillis Alexander.
7: (laughs) Were you talking about on his team or in the game? Because there were two East players, if you add up their shot attempts, it's way more than Towns. But if you add up anybody else's shot attempts on his team, nobody equaled him
5: but no two guys even no two guys together in the game Correct.
7: yeah lillard and jalen brown both shot
2: over 20 times each <laughs> the the west is absolutely loaded which leads to number 3 uh at this point the old teams have been old <laughs> Golden State, the 10 seed, the Lakers are in the play-in as well. Even the Phoenix Suns, led by Durant, they're they're the 5 seed right now. But I think it's part of why, when you look at the top of the West and you see Minnesota and Oklahoma City, these teams that haven't really suffered yet, you could see a ton of upsets in the West because there's a lot of really good teams but at you the can, bottom of what, that conference.
5: What, what you can also see, and you, this is so rare, Greg, like this sort of happened at the end in football with Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and sort of the old guard Of stardom. The bottom half of that conference is where the old guys are. The future of the league is at the top of that conference. And LeBron and staff having to go through Jokic at minimum. And 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 the Clippers are old as well. They don't even get to be the face of the league. But Paul George and James Harden and Th- that t- that triumvirate to have them be that good, I, I, you're looking at the whole league being upside down at the end of this year where, where Curry and LeBron get kicked out of the storylines.
2: Don't look now. Number two, uh, Eastern Conference, top starting to falter, which means things are setting up nice for...
5: The oh, Miami stop. Heat over! Oh, that can't be number two. Over, you, number know two. you know, we and a, number one, no, you number one, the, you should go oh, give it to on, us. Number in the one, please. Box. That please. can't be number two. No,
2: because number one's going to fix everything. That can't be. Number After two. all of this, all the NBA storylines you're looking at, talking about Shea Gilgis, Alexander, all these other teams she in the love West. Him. Ultimately, Nikola Jogic is going to win the MVP, and the Nuggets are going to win the finals. They're pretty amazing.
1: Shouldn't Embiid pre-injury? He was way on yeah, top Yeah, he was, which is MVP. why it's wide open. I feel so bad. It's I, wide open now. Yeah. Guys like
2: Doncic, Jason Tatum, all of these players are right there at the top because Embiid was leading far and away, and that's why ultimately we're going to do the thing where, hey, nobody's paying attention to the Nuggets, and they're just a few games back. They may end up the number one seed, and they're the favorites to win My everything. Mike Ryan, a shocking
5: line. story that uh, escaped your radar during the Super Bowl and the chaos of it is Giannis Antetokounmpo says flatly that he gets as many scratches on his arm as Jokic, but nobody notices because Jokic is just white.
2: He and his bad team.
5: You missed that entire story. I don't know. Why did you miss that story? Giannis Antetokounmpo is claiming a legitimate race story that you simply missed, which is he gets just as many scratches on his arms, but he's not white. You got nothing on that? He silenced you? You're speechless?
4: Stu out here for my friends over at Simply Safe, when you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe home security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home I can always keep an eye on it using SimpliSafe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with SimpliSafe's variety of indoor and outdoor cameras plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. SimpliSafe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new SimpliSafe system with fast protect. Monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
3: Don Lebatard. Yes, you can't talk about uh, double digit national titles when every single call of you winning the national title sounds like this. Oh, there's Chubby there's <laughs> Checker running down his <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if w- the sideline. If the audio. Yeah, That's no, like, not <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, and there's a World War II veteran pitching into another white guy and he avoids another white guy. Oh my God, Notre Dame, the fighting Irish have done it again for the eighth time. They're only paying white people. Stugatz. Chubby Checker. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> black. He's black and I was like really yo so <laughs> It was a white named Chubby Checker. I picked the black. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's, I'm improv in here. <laughs> no, it was a pretty did, cool, cool riff. Yeah. 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 Chubby <laughs> chubby Checker running down the side. He by. spells it differently. All right, his name is Chubby. Maybe you didn't hear me correctly. His name is Chubby Checkers. There's an S at the end. <laughs>
4: I feel like that should be the largest of five Yeah, <laughs> chubby.
3: <laughs> it's chubby Checker. It sounds like a college football name. This is the Dan Lebatar show with the Stugats will you remember Rob Manfred?
5: <laughs> <laughs> you do word association. Tony's saying what happened to him. He's, what happened to him? Is he to he's, with he's us? He's going to retire. Yes, oh. He's still with us. You don't risk a $50 fine there. He says he's going to retire in four or five years. 2029, 20, he's retiring. And so he's doing the, the rocking chair tour of five years of my commissionership. He made a ton of money for baseball's owners and uh, helped ruin or further ruin baseball in Miami uh, because he was such a mercenary and uh, sold all of baseball's traditions in search of advancement and evolution, and helped modernize the sport. Part of his legacy will be fixing the sport because uh, it's a lot—it's a lot more fun to watch ever since they discarded all of the all of the tradition-rich nonsense that they used to embrace. So he did evolve the sport. That's and what
2: kind of stinks for him, and the business—or rather, for us as fans—is like everybody wants to remember all the bad things, but ultimately, 50 years from now, that's how it'll be looked at is that he saved baseball in a way because of the way that the game has become so much more entertaining.
5: Okay. But do you understand it's probably the last bit of journalism I did where I actually got documents that showed that Manfred knew exactly what the Marlins were going to do and that it was a dirty, dirty business deal. And I got into a lot of trouble at ESPN because we were league partners. And that interview was one of the worst a commissioner has ever done anywhere. But they bleeped Miami again and again, continue to bleep Miami again and again. And the finances of that sport have helped serve the richest so that Miami gets bleeped again and again. And he signed off on it, signed off on it with Jeter, allowed all of it and treated South Florida the way baseball has always treated South Florida as the brothel that it is. That's actually not true. It is true. It's absolutely true. And I told you so uh, sort of to your face uh, on the phone. It was the worst interview a commissioner's ever done. That's
4: actually not true. I
5: think it is true.
3: (laughs) My passion for baseball kind of died on his watch, but I do think that in terms of leaving the sport in better shape than he got it, he squeezed out all the possible money from the old model of TV deals with RSNs they've made a lot of great investments and have proprietary ownership over certain streaming applications that really secured their future because many of the uh, the streaming services that you've come to know today have actually used their tech. And in terms of the gameplay, last year, it was a, largely a success. Really
2: good.
5: So,
3: I, so I do think my, that it'll look
5: better once you get a treetop view on these things. They were so ahead of the media game. So ahead of the NFL, of the NBA, and he will be remembered 50 years from now as somebody who helped save and revolutionize the the business of baseball, which is what the commissioner's job is. And, man, I will tell you that I have run into a number of people over the last few years, and I'm kind of shocked by this. Maybe I shouldn't be. Goodell, not that smart. It's a bit shocking to hear, but that sport can't. Be led wrong. There's no way that if baseball stumbles, if sports in general stumble into financial wins, where Rob Manfred making every mistake in the book still makes tons of monies for uh, tons of money for his owners, and Roger Goodell keeps getting what's he earning now? What is Roger Goodell earning annually after doing the move of saying during the pandemic he would take zero dollars, but then making his salary private because? It has since become private, even though people are reporting it. $63.9 million annually. It's pretty smart if you ask me. It's
1: ridiculous.
5: Is it, though? It's yeah. not if you're making that sport that much money. I mean, if they if that sport keeps getting— isn't the job of a commissioner simply to make the business run better than it ever has?
1: Yeah, but isn't the success of the NFL just self-perpetuating by this time? Couldn't you or I be the de facto NFL commissioner and the league would continue to be successful just because it runs itself? Right?
5: Um, I'm saying to you, I'm stunned by the number of people who have dealings with Roger Goodell, and they're like, "Look, this is not a brilliant visionary leader. This is the person who's in charge of that thing, taking the punches on behalf of all his very rich people who have a ton of infrastructure around keeping the media away from the secrets of the power and the owners." He
7: could re up soon because I'm seeing here that this deal expires spring 2024. So, who no, knows I think,
5: what the next I thought he be. no, I thought he already extended. I thought that he signed some other giant monster deal. I think so. And has trampled Jerry Jones in the process. Jerry Jones was vigilantly anti-Roger Goodell for a while, and even Jerry Jones, the most powerful man in sports, another person who Dominique Foxworth has told us, sat across from Jerry Jones like, this person's not as smart as I perhaps thought that maybe he would be, given his amount of
2: billions. He does have an extension through 2027. I don't see the number here for what that was, but the 63.9 <laughs> was as of 2019. Tony, I think, really 20, I
5: think you're, reporting, you're reporting exclusively what? It's really high. Yeah, I don't know about the number. It's more than seven. His
3: contract runs through 2027, yeah. and if he sees the... Uh, his tenure through to that date, it would mean his career earnings are up to roughly seven hundred million dollars.
6: He's a billionaire. You're going to tell me he's not smart, Dan? Um, Come on. What there's a lot of? Uh,
2: what are we doing? Here? We shouldn't all measure. What are we doing based off of finances? People take advantage of. That's correct. Vapor. That's right. That's one of the smart.
5: one of the things that ends up happening. But I do understand why people arrive at a point that they think that. I mean, we are just talking about Trump a second ago. That's but,
2: what I was just about yes. to say. Is Some of the things you were saying about Manfred, where you're like, oh, you know, he screwed Miami and this, and we're still going to look at him as, yeah, Dan, four years later, Trump's about to get elected again. Like, we don't care if people get screwed financially as long as it's, you know, beneficial well, to the top.
5: I, I wanted to ask you guys something about this because I saw quietly this happened over the weekend, and I don't get offended by very much that happens anymore in sports. I I really don't. So when I'm watching the outrage about the All-Star game in the NBA, I wonder why the outrage isn't similar on the story I'm about to tell you, which is it's been reported that the trustees, the money in Penn State— wants to put Joe Paterno's name back on the stadium, and we're, like, in violation of public law by having the meetings in private when you're supposed to do that stuff in front of people. But the money at Penn State, after the single largest sports scandal or scandal of any kind that I can remember, anywhere in sports, it's such ancient history that we get forgetful after three presidential cycles. That 12 years goes by, and you're like, eh. So Paterno helped lead kids into wounding that they will never get off of them because Sandusky was a pedophile running amok at his university with young boys and their futures sent to him for future scarring because he was disguised in plain sight and protected by the saint of Penn State football, that they would topple his statues and that the noise would be loud enough for the moment to topple his statues, but that everyone would forget them in the echoes of the years that followed. It's deeply offensive that this isn't a bigger story. Never mind that you're trying to do it in private when public law suggests that that's a violation and a crime in and of itself. But to do that with your money, when you think all along that Joe Paterno has been wronged and you're forgetting, or or maybe don't care, maybe it's not even forgetting that the largest sports scandal of our lifetime, that a patron saint of college football, an American hero was overseeing one of his assistant coaches leading boys to horror that they will never undo. How does that happen quietly? Like, how is that something that happens and just escapes the attention because 12 years go by and, well, Paterno's dead and history doesn't matter?
3: Because it also forces you to relive that. And hearing you just recap the story and what led us here was not easy to process. And most people would rather ignore it than be reminded of it.
1: Are they talking about doing it? They haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet I because— think that, that's uh, a big difference, though. I think the outcry is if they actually have the nerve to go through with it. Well, you what? think
7: they were doing it like they announced it in a gauging response? No, they didn't announce it. They were having they
3: private meetings. So a, they
5: did not want they heard wouldn't do or so in a
3: fashion that could be held against them if this is indeed against some sort of rule. Th- but
5: this is some sh- this is some shadowy cult shit to be trying to like circumvent government law to have private meetings where the money reinstates. The entire
3: scandal is shadowy cult shit.
5: I mean, but come on, like we're going to get that forgetful about that? We're going to get that numb to sports controversy that the machine's going to be noisy for three days on the All Star Game but this is gonna be allowed to happen in the shadows? Like, what sense does that make to anybody? I know it's not, look, man, this isn't fun, but I was just shocked to even read it. Like, I I was shocked to see, like, I had to go and do more research to find if the story was real, because I'm like, wait a minute, so the statute of limitations on pedophilia is 12 years? So long enough for a generation to remember it. Like, is that, like, how do you get forgetful about that? It was a giant scandal, and Penn State people were resolute about, no, you're wrong. You got it wrong about our St. Joe.
1: They took down his statue. They're going to put that no, up, No, but too? they
5: took it down under public pressure, and now they're talking privately not about the statue but putting his name on a stadium because a lot of people would make the argument on behalf of he didn't know when he knows when his players are missing an eight fifteen meeting.
3: I mean, they, there, there were several uh, accounts of people informing Joe Paterno of what's going on there and him turning a blind eye. And Jerry Sandusky is still having an office.
5: But the but the trustees turning a blind eye to him in that because they are resolute that their money will win and they can put the name on the stadium because they have money and can erase or cure or throw a bomb on something that cannot have a bomb on it, cannot be allowed to have a public bomb on it. Yeah. You can't, like, you might as well name it F*** You Stadium. Like, we, we don't care that it's the biggest sports scandal that anyone has ever seen, that a saint in college football was overseeing the worst of crimes, was even tangentially involved. Even as you can understand that he tried to live a good life, and you can try to understand through Joe Posnanski's excellent book, that this probably killed Joe Paterno. The end result is to, is his death... But then you're putting his name on his stadium and resurrecting all of it the moment that you do that. You don't bury him or this with that. You resurrect the name on the stadium, and those victims are supposed to feel how about that in the middle of that campus?
3: And a lot of people tend to do the thing where they just see Joe Paterno as he was towards the end and say, this guy didn't have the faculties to truly... Understand the scope of his wrongdoing, and then you you get familiar with the story. And this is several years long. Sku Stadium does have a ring to it. Yeah. yeah, where do you? Where did you go to school? I went to
5: you. Hell yeah, F U S. It is. It's. It a, was pretty good. What the mascot's a middle finger? What's the what is the what is the mascot? Double. Yeah. It's like a double middle fingers. Two of them. It's they run across the, the sideline. Right, one of <laughs> 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 I mean, the
3: one side staring. of the stadium says the other side of the stadium says you it's a
5: good chant yeah it's a good chant (laughs)
6: sorry Jeremy and whoever's editing this
2: make it this very difficult
6: hey guys it's Tony I am very 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 excited about the NBA playoffs they have been incredible so far Taylor, producer on the show, thanks to Game Time, took a 28 hour train ride to a Knicks game. Talking to Taylor, it was an awesome time going to the game, feeling the energy of the garden. And I really want to get out there to watch a game in the garden. And you know how I do it? Of course, the best ticket app on the planet, Game Time. Game Time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the NBA, which makes getting playoff tickets even faster and easier. Prices on the Game Time app actually go down the closer it gets to tip off with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, which is a technology I love, by the way. Game Time has tons of last minute deals. You can save up to sixty percent off buying last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use code Dan D A N for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Dan D A N for twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
7: Don I feel like we need <laughs> to normalize saying these scientific terms for organs hmm. on the air. A like, penis? if someone, yes. You know what? If someone takes a foul ball to the penis, we should just say, he took a foul ball to the penis.
1: Say it. Mm-hmm. Stugats. That free kick hit him right in the cock a doodle doo. This is the Don Levatar show with the Stugats. <laughs>
5: Could you put this on the poll, please. When Patino says this is the most unenjoyable experience of his lifetime, do you wonder which of his lifetimes he's speaking of? At Levitard Show. Uh, I want to get to some Shack sound uh, that made me a little bit sad. But before I do so, I got a text from my wife about Greg Cody that made me a little bit sad as he continues to commercially sell out in a way that is uncomfortable for me. My wife just told me that the pride of a lion cost $50. American? What? You're surprised by yes, this? My It w- doesn't.
1: It, it does not.
5: Are you saying that my wife's got it wrong? Yeah. Are you Well then why would she why would she text me that that was so if that is not so?
1: I mean, I I can look it up right now. I think the I think the face value is Respectfully, she's wrong.
7: I'm seeing Amazon $18.99 for the hardcover. There you go. Well, where is she seeing? Is she she's seeing, seeing some... an
3: audiobook, perhaps? There's an audiobook that's around $42.
1: I know Ron and I signed a lot of copies that are probably on sale for more than the face value. I,
7: I'm being told that it could be a signed copy on Le, on Levitard AF. Aha!
2: So it's your. It's company. my own company
1: who's yes. doing that? Aha!
5: David Sampson, baby. Is that David Sampson's doing? Is David, so I'm, my wife is accusing you of Oh, something. that's quite the value. Wait a minute. So the only, the <sighs> only place you're finding it for what my wife is alleging is a ripoff is at lebitardaf.com. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's right. Signed copy.
7: Signed? It's a signed copy. Does signed copy signed? Of Pride by of the and lion and by Ron McGill and Greg Cody. It's signed Cody. by two people.
1: Ah. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Somehow everyone's right. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Your own, see, I don't even sell my own book in my merch store, which has the Hee Haw 3 shirt. Uh, newly on sale, but read- I don't even sell my own book in my merch. Where's that extra cut going, by the way? I don't know. Is there I an audiobook? Him. Is that a real thing? Who read the audiobook? There's an audiobook. Did you do it? No. Mm. I don't think Ron did either. What? Well,
3: that's not as fun. You know,
1: maybe there's not an audiobook and should be. I also want one. I, I saw trial. an audiobook option. I want a Braille. Yeah. Yeah. Let me o- open up Audible. well. I know we're on sale in Germany and Italy. A lot of big Lion fans over there.
5: Big in Detroit, too. <laughs> Greg can't get enough about how much we've talked about him on no, the show today. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 Thank you. He's eating every bit of it. More, uh, more. Uh, uh, do you know any of the neighbors that Chris Cody is feuding with because he thinks some of his neighbors are partaking in odd behavior? Do you have? No. Has your son told you any of these stories? Nope. This isn't.
7: This I'm not feuding with my neighbors, but I my neighbors have something that I find to be one of the strangest things I've ever witnessed. I've never seen it anywhere else.
3: Before you get into it, you can pre order the audiobook of The Pride of the Lion. It releases on February 27th. It'll be available on Audible or wherever else you find your audiobooks.
7: You it's like the StuGod's thing where it's not actually been it, recorded it, it, yet. It, no, it's it's narrated announced.
3: by someone named Jeffrey Beam. Oh,
7: Ron's well, got to do that. McGill should have narrated it. He's got such a, a speaker's voice. So, my neighbors, I want you to if, if, have any of you ever witnessed this? My neighbors, it's a couple, they have a young child, a married couple. They both have. The exact same car, color, year, like, the exact car. There are two of the exact car in Boy. their driving... Serial colors. I don't know why I said I almost said driving range. In their driveway. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, how do they know which car to take? It, it's It's just... I don't know. I, I think they might be serial killers. They got a deal, is what they did. They went over to the to the and
6: <laughs> said, Hey, listen, <laughs> that's Ed Williams. We're getting two of these. Same thing Williamson all the way down. Is Miami. Thank you. Do you
7: get is it cheaper if you buy two? Absolutely. Because you can negotiate and be like, hey, I'm getting two cars off your lot right now. Maybe yeah. that is what Everything they did. down the line. Right Let's go. Now. But I see it in the driveway and it's just
1: I can't you not. You gotta go it. different
7: colors. Exactly. Supply chain issues.
1: Different wheel covers, something, you know, something that delineates.
7: You think they have the keys just in a bowl, and
1: it's like, oh, blind, let me just see. Which one am I taking today? Well, you put, you, you know, you put a thing from the rearview mirror, you know, one of those little things that smells nice, shaped like a tree. I hate those. I
5: a know, Christmas those. tree? A yeah, tree. something like that. Mm, black ice. A hanging thing. Greg, do you think, uh, for, forgive me, is that something that people are still doing? Are they no. still hanging yeah, a, yeah. a tree-scent? Trees no, for sure. The little, little trees had their that. best year. Yeah. Let me write that down back in my day. I, I don't think that that's... I don't look... look. LittleTrees.com. Far Tree Sense. What? What was it even called? Well, you need to know that before you shout Air it in the Air freshener,
1: I think, is what they are? Air right? freshener?
7: LittleTrees.com is exactly what it is. Really? Look, littletrees.com. I prefer the thing you, you like put. That I prefer the thing you put in your vent. Yeah. The little thing that yeah, just every complicated once When I, I was in one of those
2: once. When I was in eighth grade and Obama was being elected, a Republican "quote unquote" friend bought me a Obama uh, air freshener that smelled like weed. Really funny prank.
3: Apropos, the uh, I'm being told that the signed books available on lebatardaf. Uh, dot. Shop, um, no longer available it was a limited release
5: I think we should get Ron McGill to actually voice some of this and give us animal noises and stuff and it would it's make not it your something.
3: call to make I mean I they've already that. recorded this with Jeffrey beam you're gonna put him out of work mm-hmm.
1: um I would we should sell it for a hundred dollars on latarde I'll sell it for 99 in my merch store
6: little should trees be. has an America scented tree it is dot .com. I said dot shop
2: that's it also word. smells like weed
5: what does it smell like? What is the scent I don't know it? the it scent smells like patriotism? It smells like Patriots. <laughs> uh, at Lebotard Show, put it on the poll, please. Do you use an air freshener in your car? Certainly none of you use what I have used on occasion, which I will go in there, I'll grab a four ninety-nine can of whatever that you just open and put under the seat. And I will do it gas station strawberry style. It doesn't smell good, but it smells like a cheap gas station somewhere in Hialeah. <laughs> and it reminds me in some ways of my childhood. I don't think a lot of people are doing that anymore.
7: I had a friend who would smoke weed in his car. I've never done it, but he would use osium. Osium is great. That gets the smell out, yeah. I mean. Told. If you're trying to just, you know, freshen up a car, osium.
5: That is a real good advice from a friend of, uh, of uh, Tony's. Tony uh, seemed to be. <laughs> There's also
7: a true
6: north scent. Use your imagination there.
1: I've got a life hack for you. Oh, boy. You take your Christmas tree. You take a chainsaw. You you cut out a, a, a round of Christmas tree that's about an inch thick. Put it under your car seat. And you get that beautiful Christmas tree uh, natural fresh scent in your car until... The, the round of tree completely dies and, and oh, dries natural
5: up. Natural is what you're saying. Yeah. Going to the organic source of the Christmas yep. tree scent instead of the cardboard source. Yes, correct. Instead of the chemical
1: spray that you're putting into your
6: <laughs> lungs every single time you inhale. Yeah. Uh okay.
5: Let me uh, play for the audience very quickly the sound of Shaquille O'Neal, who has now reentered. He has uh, reinvigorated himself on the podcast tour, and the big podcast with Shaq had Jason Kelsey on. And this made me sad for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, after Monique went on Club Shay Shay and said he doesn't have a woman, don't take any advice from him. Uh, Shaq gave some advice to Jason Kelsey that the last sentence of which made me particularly sad. Even though he's talking about his wealth, uh, I had this conversation with Gabriel Iglesias who had a very difficult breakup and found himself wandering around a giant mansion that he was no longer able to share with, with the people who have uh, like helped him build it. So this made me shack. Uh, this made me sad for Shaq. Advice to you is if you are going to retire, yes, accept it. Enjoy your family, brother. Thank you. I made a lot of dumb mistakes to where I lost my family and I didn't have anybody. That's not the case for you. So enjoy your beautiful wife. Enjoy your beautiful kids. And never dwell on what we had. Yeah. What we had is what we got. You got the ring. People know who you are. Enjoy it. Because again, I was I the was an idiot. And I've talked about this a long time. Lost my whole family. Spent a hundred thousand square foot house by myself. And that's when I got but again, the way I was raised. Up, yeah. Man up. Yeah. Deal with it. But you know, so so that's my advice to you. Mike Ryan, what are you thinking back there as you gaze? Thinking that that's screen? a lot of mayo on the yeah. table. I don't have
3: the back backstory. <laughs> that? That yeah. that I don't have is. the backstory on that, but that was uh that was a refreshingly honest and slightly <laughs> emotional clip. And we all know what he's getting at there. And uh yeah, you don't see that often. Shaq that vulnerable either. I mean, to the point where he's having difficulty making eye contact because of what he's revealing?
5: Well, just keep in mind what Monique accused him of, a friend who loves him, says he's got no woman in his life. Don't take advice from Shaquille O'Neal. And he gave a word salad after that that uh, was largely empty. But one of the things that he did say about masculinity is you don't open up to your partner. You handle your problems yourself. That is the male way to handle things. Don't show the vulnerability. Don't show the weakness. It's terrible. It is terrible advice. It's a way to go through your marriage alone. It's a good way to get divorced. I will tell you this Shaquille O'Neal story from 2006. The Heat were celebrating their championship at a restaurant that he was no longer allowed to go to because of whatever was happening in his life, but he was a street over in his car because he wanted to be near the celebration, and they had to bring him food a street over. He's just in his car because he's no longer allowed to go into this hotspot restaurant where all his teammates are and where all the crazy is because whatever's happening in his personal life is happening in his personal life, and he's trying to hold on to his family. To go from that to in your 50s, wandering around all of your success because he is said to have a Michael Jackson one time wanted to buy his bed because it was so big and offered to buy the entire house just to have Shaquille O'Neal's bed. It is obviously, he lives the most opulent of lifestyles, but it is lonely. And it's lonely even if you're with companions, if you're not going to trust anybody with your vulnerability, like he's, he's saying that poignantly, right? I've got a 100,000-square-foot house that every step, giant step I take in it, I'm reminded of my family's no longer here. I threw that away.
3: It's especially poignant because Jason Kelsey has crossed the threshold into a new kind of fame. Yeah. And so it's almost as if Shaq recognizing, like, yeah, you were famous before. You were pulling down $10, 11000000 million a season, but this is a different type of fame. You're famously a family man. Don't don't squander it. Say that way. And I thought it was really cool, refreshing advice that that's that's certainly ground that these athlete driven media companies don't feel all that comfortable covering. It's almost third rail. So I, I appreciated Shaq's perspective.
7: there. I've seen a bunch of clips to Mike's point of Jason Kelsey being swarmed by people. And he had you can see there's like a freshness in his face to it where he wants to give every single person a little something, but it's just overwhelming because he's got hundreds of people reaching
2: at him. I also came away feeling pretty sad watching that because Shaq clearly needs to be vulnerable with somebody because if he's not going to be vulnerable with the women in his life, I-, I hope that he's getting help somewhere because clearly that's a loneliness and a sadness that... We've all seen, like, you need to be able to help your mental health, and to take that it. himself he's, is
5: not great. He's taking pride in the fact that he conceals it from others and, and does it the quote-unquote masculine way of just keeping his problems to himself, and that's why he's so shad.
1: But, but that, there was vulnerability, though, in what he was saying to Kelsey. I mean, that, that's good. I, I saw that as an advancement in, in Shaq, allowing other people to feel his emotions.
5: How about what Monique is saying, though, about don't take any advice from him. He he doesn't know how to share his life in a way that is true companionship, because that's what she's saying.
6: I feel like he did it, and you can listen to that and, and understand that he has this huge house, he has all these things, but yet he's empty. You can You can take that advice from him because he's living it.
5: I have erred in not getting, at any point during this show into a uniquely Florida tradition, rarely more Florida than it was this week, the Daytona 500. Pitbull made a return.
3: Dan, this was the most Miami Daytona 500 ever. You had the Grand Marshal being the rock. You had DJ Khaled doing DJ Khaled corporate-sponsored things. And you have Pitbull release a... Daytona 500 edition of an EP that he released earlier called Trackhouse because he owns a racing team. Ross Chastain, a member of that racing team, he's a legit power broker in the world of NASCAR Pitbull. I don't know if you knew this. His Trackhouse racing team at one point had three of the top four racers
5: before the big one hit. Does this album have Dolly Parton on it? Or this album has else? Tim
3: McGraw. This album has Dolly Parton. It has uh, a song about
2: Jimmy Buffett on it. The Dolly Parton one's a banger. It's so good. Is it 9 to 5? It's it doing- sampling 9 to 5, and it's called Powerful Women, Dan. And it's got Dolly Parton on it. Is she singing? or is Yeah, she- she's, well, she's it's Pitbull and Dolly Parton. She sings. The there's spoken word sort of uh, hyping up the powerful women of America. It is. I mean, Dan, you're going to want to crank that on your radio the moment you get out of here. Ah,
5: what about uh, the Daytona 500? What else was interesting this weekend? Uh, Greg Cody, you're a big racing buff.
1: Well, Big times for NASCAR because F1 has sort of been horning in on NASCAR's popularity in the American market, but Michael Jordan Michael Jordan joins as a team owner. They just signed a $7 billion um, TV rights pack, broadcast rights package. Good times. This is a new and an unimproved Dan
3: to... Levatar show with the Stugats. Gamble on by DraftKings.
4: Stu out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using SimpliSafe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with SimpliSafe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. SimpliSafe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new SimpliSafe system with fast-protect Monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe.